I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello and welcome back to Kinda Cute and if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan and on Kinda Cute we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. I'm feeling like a broken record lately, but I just have to say I'm sorry again that I am late on this. I'm currently recording on a Saturday, but I think I kind of switched to Fridays during this whole quarantine thing because on Fridays I feel like I'm just done with my work week and I can just, you know, normally I wouldn't record on Fridays because hopefully I'd have plans, but there is no plans anymore, so it's just become a more convenient day for me to do it. But then yesterday, Gergi had to get a teeth cleaning, and when dogs get that, they have to go under anesthesia, and I was just like worried about him all day, and I just felt like I was so on edge. And then Kenzie made really strong margaritas, and I went to bed at 8.30. So I was not in the vibe to record a podcast, but we're back, we're at them. It's Saturday, it's a beautiful day, and I have some updates. So I saw that Caroline Calloway was wearing a shirt that said, I don't know what the cut is. And if you follow me on Instagram on either Bailey Evan or Kinda Cute Podcast, I posted a picture of me wearing that shirt because it was a classic line said by Gwyneth Paltrow. And the cut has a whole line of shirts. But as we've discussed on this podcast before, Caroline does not have the best relationship with the cut. So at first I got so excited because she had liked my picture on my Bailey Evan account of me wearing that shirt. So I was convinced. I was like, oh my gosh, am I the inspo for her like making like wearing this shirt and I thought she had purchased it but of course she made it herself because she doesn't want to send any money to support the cut and I was like okay she one-upped me as usual in the cool factor but I was still thought it was cool that she was wearing I don't know what the cut is after I had worn it so I'm just gonna give myself a little pat on the back for that I got a text from my friend Verge friend of the podcast discussed often on here and If you'll recall, when we were talking about part two of I Am Caroline Calloway, we were talking about how she, to get a appointment with her book agent, the one that she really wanted, last name Bird, she basically faked her appointment by calling and making an appointment, or saying that, um, I'm sorry, confirming her appointment with Bird's assistant. So my friend Verge did literally the same thing when she was trying to get a wedding dress appointment at Bergdorf. And in quotes, she texted me, I made it weeks ago. My mother is in town. I'll be there at 2 p.m. (laughs) She said it works. I didn't get a book deal, though. So I thought that was even more iconic than Caroline Calloway's move and just goes to show that I have real life idols in my life that I'm friends with. Our articles today not the most substantive really fluffy again the cut I'm sure because there's not a lot of celeb content right now most of its content is obviously about what's going on in the world today and so I just tried to pick the fun articles I've said this before I've said this past couple weeks and they are very shallow and many of them fall under the category of horny literally on the cuts website so I apologize in advance if this isn't your cup of tea honestly I can't say it's really mine either but it's what we have this week and I hope you enjoy it nonetheless So our first article is, It was inevitable we'd be debating sex in the city in isolation by Hannah Gold. Again, this falls under the category of horny on the cut. And Hannah writes that Twitter is pondering the immemorial question, F. Mary Kill with Steve, Big, or Aiden. I apologize if you haven't seen Sex in the City, but I feel like everyone has seen it at this point. I feel like it's just a cultural 
icon for lack of a better word. Sorry, we use iconic and icon a lot on this podcast, but that's what I like to discuss here. And she writes that the ultimate decision is deeply revealing. So we're just going to get right into it and I'm going to give you my choices. Take a second, ponder your own, but I think it's very obvious what the correct answer is and anyone who picks otherwise in my opinion is just wrong so mine is to f steve kill big and marry aiden because big is categorically one of the worst tv boyfriends of all time and i literally worry and i'm concerned about any woman that thinks he is the right option to marry like i'm very concerned about someone in this article who is an author named samantha irby and she says she would um, F Aiden, marry Big, and kill Steve. And that is just the most wrong answer. I cannot with that. I mean, I guess the most wrong er- answer is killing Aiden, but... Mm. And then Hannah writes that she would F Steve because he's sexy in small doses, marry Big, the man most likely to leave her alone for the rest of her life, and kill Aiden, who she says is a glorified Love is Blind contestant. And I cannot deal with that shade to Aiden because it's just not true I mean who would Aiden be on love is blind me oh oh god he is kind of Cameron-ish I'll give it that he's a little bit Cameron-ish but out of that show I'm sorry I wouldn't I would marry Cameron he was the only viable option if you ask me so whatever I know this game is sexist and antiquated but sometimes when you're bored you just gotta do it And I know another thing that we've been talking about since time immemorial is whether we'd be a Samantha, Carrie, Miranda, or Charlotte. Like literally when I get drunk with my friends, this still comes up in modern times and it's embarrassing and I have no excuse for it. But if anyone says that they are only one of these characters and not a mixture of them, they are just a cardboard person. It's kind of like Harry Potter like houses. Like I am a Griffin Claw. I just can't put myself in one box. And I would say out of the characters, I am a mm, Carrie Miranda mix. Probably mostly Miranda just because she's a lawyer and I think probably the most sensible of the bunch. So I'm just going to give myself that. But I do think I have a little bit of Carrie and a little bit of Charlotte and a little bit of Samantha. So I, again, I just think you're a cardboard person if you only identify with one of them. Next up, we have Catching, with a K, obviously, up with Kim Kardashian West and Kris Jenner by Erica Smith. Now, we haven't done a Scent Memory article in a while, so I thought it was about time. And you know these articles always pop up when celebrities are coming out with a new scent that they're trying to hawk and get people to buy. So obviously, this is no different, as Kim came out with a scent with her mother, Kris, momager of the century. And I'm just going to talk about some of my favorite little pieces from this. So Kim has asked what her first scent memory of is with Chris. And she says that it's always something to do with food because my mom would cook all the time. I would say smelling her lemon cake or her brownies. The brownies are probably the strongest scent memory I have of my mom. Now, first off, I identified with this because A, I love food and B, I love smelling like food. I've said before, like if you smell like an angel food cake and I will eat that up. And I also love this because this lemon cake recipe is online and it's very similar to one that my grandma always made growing up and she still makes to this day. And the base of it is Duncan Hines yellow cake, but then you mix in other stuff and you pour an orange juice sugar mixture on top and you always make it in a bundt pan. And it is honestly one of the best cakes I've ever had in my life. My sister and I were talking about it the other day and we were like, why haven't we made cupcakes out of that with like homemade chocolate buttercream frosting on top? Because I'm convinced it would be the best 
combo because it's just like this lemon orange chocolate oh mm. and yeah the one that chris makes i don't think it has the orange sugar glaze on top because i think it's just lemon but it is a very similar idea of like using a boxed cake and then zhuzhing it up which i think was super big like in the late 80s and 90s and that's exactly when my grandma was making it so i just loved that and then they're asked a scent that they love that other people don't but then for some reason KJ takes the exact opposite stance and talks about a scent that she just hates, which is she says she can't be in the same vicinity as anybody cooking liver. I cannot take the smell of cooking liver, which I had to interject and say that this was also Doug Funny's worst nightmare. If you will recall on the show, Doug, he refused to eat liver and onions and he would have nightmares about eating liver and onions which gave me an irrational fear of liver and onions also fun fact delaney from bon appetit also hates liver and onions i don't know why this is such a polarizing thing i actually think liver tastes pretty bomb i'm obviously a pescatarian now and don't eat it anymore but like i fucked with some pate back in the day and liver is good so Kim asks, how would you even know what that smells like? And KJ says, because my grandmother used to make it for her puppies. She used to cook liver in the house for the dogs, and I had to leave the house every time. If I'm ever in a restaurant and someone orders liver and onions, I have to leave the table. I can't. And then Kim's like, I've never even heard of that as an option to order. And this was the most shocking part of this whole article because Chris says, look at the menu next time. It's at every restaurant. Now, this is what I take issue with. I had this same issue back in the Doug days. Liver and onions is not on the menu at 99.9% of restaurants I go to. I don't know if KJ is going to some like underground places that I'm not aware of, but I eat out a shit ton and I've eaten out a shit ton my entire life. Um... And I can't say, I'm sure I've probably seen it like once or twice. I think of it more as being kind of like on a diner menu, but I never see it on like an actual like regular restaurant menu. And the fact that Kim is like, where the hell would that even be? And I know for a fact that Kim also likes to eat out a lot and knows her food. I just think maybe Chris is not eating out as much. I don't know if she's really up with the times on that one. So I took issue with that, but adorable i think actually the bottle for this scent is really cute i saw it on instagram but i'm not gonna buy it but i mean it's cute next up also under horny (laughs) even reality stars aren't having sex by our girl sanjita singh kurtz and before we get into what she writes i just want to give my thoughts on too hot to handle because i binged it with my sister pretty much right after it came out and the basic premise of the show is that there's a group of uh, self-identified hot people who and they are they all have banging bodies they come, show up in bathing suits they show up in Mexico at this resort it's very bachelor in paradise-esque in that respect and they show up and they think it's just a vacay where they're going to get to hook up with members of the opposite sex or same whatever flows their boat I guess but everyone on this was pretty heterosexual I would say and they don't realize that the twist is that they actually aren't allowed to kiss, touch sexually, obviously have sex of any sort with the people because if they do, their pot of $100,000 will go down. Now, they don't give them specific details and I won't spoil it for you guys, but they don't tell them like how the money is going to be split, who they're, how they're going to decide the winner of the money. 
they don't tell them how much money they will lose for certain things like a kiss or, you know, below the belt action. And it is some of the trashiest TV I've seen since Tila Tequila was on VH1. It really brings back 2000 early aughts VH1 for me, like Flava Flav. Uh, his, what was it called? Flava Flav something of love. Flavor of love. Right? Flavor of love. Yes. Sorry. Wow, I was blanking. Um, this is why I need Kenzie around. <laughs> This is why I need her around to produce me, okay? So, uh, yeah. Oh, I totally lost my straight of thought. <laughs> Anyways, it's complete trash. It's even trashier than Love is Blind. It's easy to binge. It's easy to just like have on in the background when you're like cooking something or whatever and you don't really need to pay attention. Some little facts. Uh, Francesca, who's one of, I would say she's probably kind of like the main character on the show just because she gets in a lot of antics. She dated Diplo. We know that we love Diplo on this podcast, so I thought that was a fun fact. Um, David looks like a D-side Elijah Wood to me. He actually ended up being one of my favorites at the beginning. I was just like, ooh, D-side Elijah, like go back to your little hobbit hole. But yeah, he, he grew on me. Uh, Francesco, I also think, looks exactly like Kelly Flanagan from Pete's season of The Bachelor, which I actually didn't even watch, but I just have seen pictures of her, and I think they look so similar. And it was rumored that they were quarantining together in Chicago, which is where she lives. She's an attorney, probably not anymore after she's getting that money. Uh, Yeah, but I think they look a lot alike, so look that up and tell me if you agree. I love Chloe. She's like probably my other favorite character on this show. She's a self-professed dumb girl, but I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt because she is only 19 years old and I think she handled herself very well on the show and held her own and I just loved her. And then Harry, who's also kind of another main character, he actually won New Zealand's version of Love Island. And so that's not something they talk about on the show. They don't talk about the fact that Francesca dated Diplo. So I wanted to give you guys a little behind the scenes context if you have already watched it or if you plan on watching it. So Harry is also super young and he's only 21 at the time of filming. And I just think it's interesting that he won. Oh, I said he was on the show, uh, but he actually won it. So he already has like a fair amount of reality shows under his belt. And I could totally see him one of, being one of those people who's just like a serial reality show person. So the article writes, if you're still not sold, the first episode alone includes such lines as, what I'm most proud of is my penis. I do mostly go for guys, but if a girl looks just like me, I'm so into that. (laughs) And Sanchita writes in parentheses, same. (laughs) There's also one guy who ballparks his conquests as less than a thousand with a completely straight face. And she says, like I said, I can't tell if it's brilliant or I really am operating on my last brain cells. Uh, all eight episodes are on Netflix now and I'm begging you please watch it with me and I would just like to echo Sanjita's sentiments on that because I would love to discuss it and rumor has it that two of the people are still together and in fact moving in with one another so tea and because we love a Caroline Calloway tie-in here she actually messaged DM'd Harry and he sent her a voice message which then spawned her getting voice messages from people with hot accents and she got a lot of good ones so I mean like I said the girl is smart I'll give it to her she knows how to work the system Mm. I'm also drinking the new Las Haras Super Bloom which is a wine I've been trying to track down for so long it has the most beautiful stunning bottle and it's so delicious and it goes down so easy just had to plug that really quick um, I love their wine club I just spend way too much money on it each year but I swear every bottle is worth it and it's so delicious 
that's not my legit shit for today. My legit shit for today is buying yourself a nice chef's knife. The exact one I have is linked in the show notes. It's the J.A. Hinkle's International Classic Chef's Knife, the 8-inch in black. And I was struggling for so long. I had these shittiest knives at home and I actually love to cook. And I swear my life every day I am having to cook or cut onions. I am cutting vegetables. I am cutting garlic. And doing that with a shitty knife is not a pleasant experience. So I spent $50 during this quarantine to buy myself this nice knife. And at first I was feeling guilty about it. And I was like, should I be spending money on something like that? But I love this knife. This knife is my baby. I hand wash it. It's the love of my life. It has made my life so easy. Oh, you cut an apple and it just goes through and ah, love it. Okay, that's my legit shit for today, and that's today's episode. I'm sorry if it was a little shorter than usual, guys, but I really will try to get back on schedule next week, but I hope you guys are hanging in there. I love you so much for listening, and thank you, and I will see you next week. Bye!